Well, this guy's night took a turn. Today I'm talking about small engine repair. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I'm talking about an independent film based on a play of the same name called Small Engine Repairs. And I thought this one was very interesting, and I wanted to explain why. So without further ado, let's get started. I see why playwrights like David Mamet became popular. As much as I like theater, musicals, and plays, there is a touch of stuffiness and unreality that plays bring. So if you're going to modernize it, why not have them speak like real people with a bunch of cursing and have them tackle tangible problems? It means the dramatic flourishes of a show are easier to accept. Now adapting a play into a movie? That can be a problem. But I think today's movie, Small Engine Repair, does an excellent job. The movie follows three childhood friends, Jack, Peck, and Terry, who are reuniting after a dust-up pushed them apart. But things take a turn when... Jack reveals the real reason for this reunion, and what he wants Pack and Terry to do. I'm going to spoil a big twist in this movie, because it's almost impossible to review responsibly without hitting the film's big twist. So if you want my Cliff Notes version of things, I think this movie is solid, well-acted, very dramatic and tense, and is asking the right kind of questions. It's good stuff. So let's dig into the main twist. For the first half or so, the movie feels like it's a story we've seen before. The three friends are reminiscing, addressing some of their issues with one another, Frank going over his life, child, and failed marriage, and enjoying drinking and drug-fueled antics. And Frank seemingly wants this to go really well, and as such invites a young kid and drug dealer named Chad to bring them Molly. Frank is acting a bit weird about it, but it's hard to say why. Maybe he's nervous about doing this where he lives, or trying to maintain his cool around somebody he plays rec league basketball with. Hard to say. And then Chad starts telling a story about a girl he met at a party, and how he did some absolutely not cool stuff with her at said party, and then sent around nude pictures she sent his way, and how this girl was so embarrassed by a horrible nickname this guy and his friends gave her based on those pictures that she attempted to take her life. For me, this is where the movie locked into place and Frank's behavior started to make sense. This girl that Chad is talking about is Frank's daughter, who is currently in the hospital after a suicide attempt, and Frank plans on killing Chad. And while I think that's a very tough subject to tackle, I really like this movie's approach. The film rightly portrays Frank's actions as desperate and wrong. His friends reluctantly agree to help them, but nobody's heart is in this. Frank is partially trying to hide his guilt because he didn't react the way he should have when his daughter came to him, and also trying to get justice in a legal system that didn't or couldn't do anything to a connected young man like Chad. We know that he's the son of a rich and powerful lawyer. And as wrong as Frank is, his anger is justified. Chad should be punished for what he did to his daughter, but what kind of punishment fits this crime? The film makes no justifications for Chad ac Chad's actions, and instead becomes an ongoing debate of how to handle Chad. Do they kill him? Get a similar kind of revenge? This is all amplified by solid acting from the main cast, and direction from writer-director and star John Malono. 
Polono writes and portrays Frank as a man capable of terrible violence if riled up. We even get a primer on, in one of the opening scenes. So when he says he wants to kill this kid, we believe him. Likewise, John Bernthal's Terry toes, toes the line between irritating and agreeable asshole, which is a John Bernthal specialty, while Shay Wiggum plays, well, Shay Wiggum, Shay Wiggum-like character, and he's really good at it. It's also the kind of film where the limited locations, like you'd have in a play, make sense. Frank doesn't want this spilling out into an area he can't control, so almost everything takes place in and around the titular small engine repair shop. It's all that you want from a dialogue-centric thriller like this. The verdict is that it's timely and well-crafted. Though it doesn't have any answers, Small Engine Repairs grapples with some interesting questions. 7 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.